Genesis 3, verse 1, the Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for these guys being here, Lord. It's, it truly is a blessing to see them, Lord. I'm so thankful that they're here. Um, God, I pray you would please use and bless our time, Lord, that we're together. And that right now, Lord, when your word is open and when the preaching is going forth, Lord, please, I pray that we would hear your voice through the preaching, God. Help it to go beyond me and that we would hear from you, all of us, myself included. And God, change us to be more like you, Lord. Make a difference in here today, Lord. Maybe some guys discouraged. I pray you would make a difference, Lord, and encourage them and, and see and teach them that it is worth it to live for you and to continue on. And God, maybe somebody's in sin. I pray you would make a difference today through your word and get them back on the right course. And God, please, I pray that your uh, your word would go forth like a fire, Lord. It would burn up the dross in us. And God, all that would be left would be what's useful and valuable to you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Bless our time. I need your help. Please give me the right words and thoughts and spirit. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you guys for standing. Let's see how this goes. All right. Guys, Genesis 3 that we just uh, touched on is a momentous chapter in all of the Bible. Can anybody tell me why that is? Genesis 3. Why is it so important? Chris? Um, it's like uh, when um, like the devil went to a serpent and tempted like, Eve to eat the apple. Right, right. Yeah, this, is, this chapter is what we call the fall of man. Till this point, guys, even though the history of man was very short before this, man was perfect. And I'm talking about mankind. Adam and Eve, they were perfect. They never sinned. They were innocent. Um, they had never, guys, they never experienced anything such as wickedness or evil. Uh, they never experienced, Chris, anything like lies or cheating or, or betrayal or even pain, hurt. None of that stuff. Guys, all that stuff was foreign concepts. So uh, man was created in, in Genesis 1 and 2 that, where it tells us um, uh, about the creation of Adam. And then Eve came later, as we know, from the rib. But guys, in Genesis 3, you have the fall of man. This is the first time that mankind plunged into sin. You know what happened? They fell into sin. And guys, listen, that's why people get sick, people die, we experience pain, we experience sorrow, suffering. Listen, listen today, it's all because of Genesis 3. Because of Adam and Eve, their sin, now that is passed upon us. That uh, stain, that mark is passed upon every human being. Listen, when we come out of the womb, we're already born sinners. We already have that natural tendency and natural inclination. Listen, we're just hearing them noises over there, right? When you go in that class, you don't have to teach those kids to be selfish. <laughs> you don't. My wife's about to have a son. We're about to welcome a son into our family. We're super excited about it. But some of those things I'm not looking forward to. Listen, you go over to that toddler class, I don't have to teach the one kid. You grab that toy, and you don't let anybody touch it, okay? And if they try to come close to you, you bash them in the face. You understand? No, you don't have to teach them that. That's natural. That is natural. You know why it's natural? Because we're all sinners. Uh, in Psalm 51, it says we were shaping in iniquity and in sin. Did my mother conceive me? It's talking about as soon as we... Uh, come into this world we already have those natural inclinations to do wrong you don't have to teach a, a young uh, a young child hey if you get in trouble or a kid or a teenager <coughs> sorry listen you don't have to teach somebody uh, of that age hey when you get in trouble just uh just make something up just lie and they won't know any difference that's natural guys our brain just works that way yeah. you get in trouble and it's like who can i blame you know some random guy walking by you're like it was him he's like 
You know, that's how we are. That's how we are. We have these things naturally within us. Why? Because of the fall of man. Because of the fall of man. Because Adam and Eve sinned. That is passed down to all of us. So in this momentous chapter, guys, where the fall of man occurs, um, let me just give you the title now. I'm going to jump into the points and then we'll kind of get back into these verses. Guys, here's the title today. Just a little does hurt you. That's the message. All right. Just a little does hurt you. And let me let me give you the first point, guys. Point number one. I want you to consider with me the tactic of the devil. Okay, so that's the first idea that we're dealing with. The tactic of the devil. Now, I got a question for you guys. I need your help. How did Satan come at Eve? I'm not talking about the serpent and all that. How? Uh, what was his approach? Uh, what was his tactic? What was he after? Can somebody help me with that, Kevin? It's very subtle. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. You see, guys, in verse number one, now the serpent was more subtle. What does subtle mean? Kill. What the? Huh? Okay. That's a good start. What else? What else do you guys think of when you think of subtle? What does it mean? Determined. Determined. All right. Easy going. Mm-hmm. Good. Any other thoughts? You know what subtle is all about, guys? It's about sneaky. It's about uh, being uneasy to detect. It's about this, guys. It's small. It's, it's, it's uh, minute. It's something you barely notice. It would be something in the background that just moves a little and you're like, huh. I'm not sure. Did that move or not? It's not something drastic. It's not something obvious. It's not something massive. It's just very subtle. Yeah. Something scoots over just a little bit and you, hold on, what? Did something just happen? I'm not sure. That's how the devil works, guys. That's how he works. That's how he came at Eve in Genesis chapter 3, which we know leads up to one of the most important, not in a good way, events in all of the Bible, the fall of man, when Adam and Eve were plunged into sin and the whole human race now uh, is tainted by this sin. So he came at her subtly. Guys, subtlety is his mastery. Listen, it says the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. We know that the devil was behind this whole thing. He was involved in it. And he used this serpent. And he, uh, I guess you could say, he kind of took over him and used that for a given time. The subtle subtlety is his mastery. Guys, it means to be crafty. It means to connive. It needs to be sneaky. It means to be a trickster, to be skillful, to be sly. That's how the devil works. That's how the devil works. And as we go through this, guys, it's a little different kind of message for me. But anyway... This is how the devil works, okay? Subtlety is his mastery. you got to understand that. And guys, how does he start? Now, eventually, what does he want Eve to do? Eat the fruit, right? We get that in verse number 6 when she finally does it. But he doesn't start off like that. He starts minimally. What I mean is he just wants you to do a small step. A small step. Hey, guys, you know how the devil's going to come after you? He's not going to... Uh, Ariel, uh, Uriel, he's not going to come at you with his end result that he's going for. Hey, guys, he's not going to come at you, Wes, and say, Wes, I want to destroy your life. <laughs> he's not going to say, hey, I want to make you a drunk. Hey, I, I want to make you a drug addict. Hey, I want you to mess up with some girl and be paying child support five years from now. He, he doesn't tell you that. He doesn't tell you that, guys. He starts off minimally. He just wants you to take a small step. And the thing that's so sneaky and so subtle about it, guys, when he uses it that way and when he does it that way, you know what happens? It makes it to where we think it's no big deal. 
We, we make it think to where it's no big deal. Hey, guys, but you know what his goal is when he just wants you to take a small step? When he just wants you to move just a little bit? Guys, I think his whole goal at that point, listen, his whole goal at that point is just to get you to budge off of your position. Because, guys, listen, 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 listen. There's, uh, what is it, physics, some rule it says an object in motion. Do you know the rest of it? Tends to stay in motion. Right. Listen, but you know the, the opposite of that is true. It's called inertia. If something is stationary and stagnant, it's usually going to continue that way. Like you said, unless something happens to it, unless something pushes it. Listen, guys, listen. The devil just wants you to move. He just wants you to budge a little bit. He wants you to move off your position. Guys, he starts minimally. Listen, he doesn't um, uh, announce his full plans. Okay? He doesn't tell you his long-term agenda. By the way, if the devil's long-term agenda for you, if you're unsaved, is hell, why would any of his short-term agendas give you joy and peace and fun? If his long-term agenda for you, Christian, is to destroy you and to uh, mess up your testimony and to ruin you, why would any of his short-term plans be good for you either? He doesn't tell you his full plans, his long-term agenda. He doesn't tell you his goal. Hey, guys, so what have we learned so far? The tactic of the devil. How does he work? He works subtly. He works in a sneaky fashion. He works skillfully, sly. Guys, it's not some massive, obvious thing. You know, sometimes in class we're trying to be quiet, but we're trying to do something behind the scenes. Like, hey, Kevin, I need you to do this, or, or, or Tim, I need you to take care of this. But guys, you don't want to do it in an obvious way, right? You want to, like that, perfect example, all right? You see that, hear that sound back there? Listen, sometimes I help out in other classes from, sometime, from time to time. Listen, guys, if a kid's being bad, you know what you want to do? You want to minimize that problem, but keep the class going, okay? If I go over and help in junior boys... Uh, an hour from now, and there's some kid that's kind of making some noise with his chair or playing with something, I don't want to go over there and be like, kid, shut up! Come on, man! Do you think anybody's going to be listening to the preaching? No. no. They're going to be like, what is he doing? <laughs> right? Did I help, Did I handle that in a subtle way? Did I take care of that in a way that, that keeps it minimized and keeps it pacified and lets the main uh, deal continue on? No, of course I didn't. Hey, guys, that's not how the devil works. The devil doesn't come to you and announce his plans. The devil doesn't come to you and say, I want to mess you up. The devil doesn't come to you and say, yeah, I want to destroy you. Uh, How do you feel about that? Guys, he comes in a very sneaky and subtle way. But, guys, don't get it mistaken. Even though he starts minimally, he starts with a very small step. He starts with just something that seems like maybe it's not a big deal. Hey, guys, don't get it mistaken. He's got a sure mindset. You know what his mindset is and his goal is to destroy you. Don't get it mistaken. You may think, oh, it's just one party. It's just one drink. It's just uh, it's just one time. My friends wanted me to try this. They wanted me to look at this. They wanted me to listen to this. It's not that big a deal. But don't you get it mistaken, young man, whether you want to hear this or not. The devil's long-term goal is to devour you. He's seeking whom he may devour. That has not changed. Listen, he tells Peter in in, in Luke 22, he says the devil uh, desires to have you. Why? That he may sift you as we. What does that mean, guys? That he may tear you to shreds. That's what he wants to do to you, by the way. That's his sure mindset. Listen, the thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I believe that's talking about the devil. Listen, guys, his, his intentions haven't changed. His motives haven't altered. He still is after the same thing. John eight forty four says, 
that, de- that the devil's a liar and he's the father of it. He's a murderer and he's a liar from the beginning. That's how he's always been and that's how he'll always continue to be. He's got a sure mindset. Hey, guys, let me remind you, the devil has not reformed. He has not been rehabilitated and he certainly hasn't repented. He hasn't changed. Hey, guys, his intentions are unchanged. His goal is the same. And guys, you know what he wants from you? Steady movement. After he can get you to budge off of your position. Hey guys, that's what he did with Eve. As I said, she didn't eat of the fruit until the end of verse 6. Okay? There are five verses that go in front of that. And you know what the devil's trying to do? Break her down. Mm-hmm. Little by little. Chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away. Let me weaken her. Let me, let me uh, try to figure out her reasons why she's not eating of this fruit. And let me chop away at it little by little by little by little. But guys, just one of those, one of those attempts, you wouldn't think that's any big deal. But after multiple occasions of going after it, you get to verse 6, her defenses are wiped out. And then she looks at the tree and says, you know what? It looks pretty good. It looks like it'll be tasty. Hey, maybe we should try this. You know what she did, guys? She took the lessons that God gave to her and threw them out the window. Say, I don't need to, I don't need to be thinking about all that kind of stuff. Just look at how pleasant it looks. Just look at how uh, pleasing it is. Probably be pretty good. He wants steady movement from you. Guys, I'll be trying to be fast with this. But listen, here's my point. If this is where the devil starts with you, and that's where he wants to end up, with you, the starting point here. And this is his end goal. Hey guys, once he can get you to move, by the way, I know we've had a quote in here before about this. You know what Pastor said? The first step is always the hardest. Yeah. The yeah. first step is always the hardest. Listen, because you're you you're uneasy about it. The Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, is driving you nuts with conviction. You're thinking, I know I shouldn't do this. I know I shouldn't do this. I know I shouldn't click on this. But guys, once that wall falls, the dominoes can start falling really quick. But this one is always the hardest one. But you know, once he can get you to budge and get you to move, guys, there's all these little steps in between. And I'm going to hurry up with this because I don't want to waste time. But you know what, guys? If he can get you to fall here, he's going to try to keep you moving. He's going to try to keep it moving in your life. Steady movement. That's what he's after. He wants to get the momentum going. Hey, guys, listen. When people start dropping certain things in their Christian life that they used to do for a long time, Kevin, it usually doesn't stay with that one thing. Hey, I'm being upfront with you. I'm being totally honest with you. When that starts to fall, a lot of other things. Man, it's it's like just the tip of the iceberg. So much more. And you're thinking, what happened to this guy? He used to believe in this stuff. Now he's way over here. Maybe he hadn't reached that end result of the devil once, but he is sure heading there quickly. Steady movement. Hey, guys, by the way, by the way, time out. You say very interesting, Brother Thomas. Yeah, that's uh, very fascinating. Hey, can we throw that out the window real quick? I'm talking about your life. Yeah. This is what he wants to do with your life. This, right. is what, this is what he wants to do with my life, my family. Yeah. I'm not okay with that. I hope you're not okay with that. Yeah. Okay? That's why, guys, you need to be at church faithfully. You need to read your Bible every day. You say, read my Bible. Yes, 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 yes. Right. That is Like we we're talking about, that is so hugely important. And guys, it's not as hard as we make it to be. Right. You know, we make it very hard because we're lazy. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard. Uh, last time I checked, you can turn on the TV just fine. <laughs> last time I checked, you can play your video game just fine. 
You have the ability to do it. You can figure it out. And guys, challenge yourself. Challenge yourself this week. Why don't you say, you know what? These five chapters, I'm going to read them this week. These seven chapters, these ten chapters, whatever it may be, challenge yourself. Listen, if you need help, let us know. We'll give you some guidance. We'll give you uh, some, some beginning steps to make. But guys, start somewhere. And if you have started, continue. Don't get lazy with it. Hey, because this is what he wants from you, and this is what he wants from me. He wants steady movement. He wants you to keep it moving. Once he can get you to fall, listen, he wants to keep it going. Hey, guys, when you take that first step down, can I tell you it's very hard to stop when you're going downhill? Yep. I'm telling you, I heard Brother Kirk say that years ago, guys. Listen, uh, listen. There's a, there's a long way from the top to the bottom when a rock falls, but you never see a rock stop halfway. Mm-hmm. Once it falls from the top, it goes all the way down to the bottom. Listen, guys, you don't want to fall. Don't take the first step. Don't take the first step. Don't move in any way from what you know is right. Don't budge on that. And then, guys, we see how the devil's weakening her, uh, uh, eroding her defenses, verses 1 through 5, and all this kind of stuff. A lot of details I could get into. But then, guys, verse number Six at the end, it says she took of the fruit thereof, did eat, gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And verse seven, guys, the eyes of them both were open. They knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together, made themselves aprons. Verse eight, they hide themselves from God. They're afraid. They're suffering all these consequences. Verses 11 through 13, all this kind of stuff happens. Hey, guys, can I tell you what happens when you take that first step? small step and then it begins to keep moving in your life can i tell you what happens you get stuck in misery hey can i tell you what uh, in other words summarize verses seven and following they got stuck in a mess hey guys before they knew it listen they thought it was going to be pleasurable they thought it was going to be something good for them right that's how the devil sold it that's how he marketed it it to them but once they took and ate it immediately they realized this is not what we thought it was going to be. All these bad consequences. Guys, they didn't know what fear was. Now fear clouds over them immediately. Oh man, do you feel that? They didn't know what that was before. That betrayal was now setting in. They had never felt anything negative before, but now they were. They were stuck in misery. They were now in a mess. And guys, can I tell you something? You say, yep, again, interesting, Brother Tom. That's how the devil's trying to work with Adam and Eve. That's a long time ago. Can I tell you, that's his standard method of operation. Hey, guys, he hasn't changed his his method. He hasn't changed how he works. Listen, you've seen it on TV, I'm sure, with cop shows and investigation shows. They talk about that M.O. That's that guy's M.O. What does that mean? It means there's a Latin term, modus operandi, but it's... Basically how they work, how they do things. Listen, guys, if a criminal does a crime a certain way, more often than not, they're going to do it that same way the next time and the next time and the next time and the next time. In a, in a very awful, negative way, Ethan, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's what they think, right? Now, they're using it for bad, as we know. But they think, listen, if I broke in this way to the house before and it worked, I'm going to try it again. They're going to do something very similar. They're going to follow the same pattern. Listen, if it's worked for the devil for 6,000 years, guys, why would he change it now? Why would he change it now? Listen, he's still using it. He's still doing it. And as I've said today, he's using it on you. He's using it on me. Right. His message has not changed. Hey, guys, what is his message? What is what he's shooting at Eve? What is... The, the main thrust and the main theme that he's trying to tell her. Hey, 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 hey. 
It's just one bite. It's not that big a deal. It's just one. It's just a little. I mean, I mean, Anthony, can just a little really mess you up that bad? Can it really hurt you that bad? Hey, guys, it's a tactic of the devil, right? It's a tactic of the devil. All right, we'll see how far we can get with this second point. Let me give you this quote, though. Listen, let me give you this quote. We'll move on to point number two. Guys, it's amazing how far the devil can take you by just getting you to move a little at a time. Did you hear that? We awake today. Listen, it's amazing how far the devil can take you by just getting you to move a little at a time. Hey, guys, Kevin, I almost, well, I did raise my hand, but we had some other guys talking when you were doing your staff. You know what I was going to say about this? None of them planned to be. Not one of these people in this staff that ended up an alcoholic, that ended up a drunk, the first drink that they take that they took, they weren't saying, oh, yeah, my plan five years from now, I want to be a slobbering drunk. <laughs> that is my plan, bro. I'm going for it. Here we go. Of course not. No, none of them planned to be that way. None of them saw that coming down the road. But you know what? That's how the devil works. Yeah. Let me just get you to take the first sip. Just a little bit. Hmm. It's just one. It's just a little Hey, guys, the message today is just a little does hurt you. Just a little does hurt you. All right. Now, I think um, it's valuable information to know what I just told you about the tactic of the devil. But time out, guys. Look up here. I think all of us already know that. Maybe you're new. Maybe this is new to you, a new concept. But for most of you, you know that. You've heard that repeated times. I'm not giving you anything uh, revolutionary, and that's fine. But, guys... Number two, not only is it a tactic of the devil, it's a trend that's deadly. It's a trend that's deadly. Now, I don't know if we'll get very far in the rest of this message, but we're going to try. Take your Bibles, go to 1 Kings 13. All right, 1 Kings 13. Let's see. 1 Kings chapter 13. And it is an extremely interesting story here that I think we can take a lot from. 1 Kings 13. Hey guys, just a little does hurt you. Hey guys, the devil has an end goal and an end game for every single one of your lives. He's got a plan for you, Chris, for you, Wes, for you, Uriel, for you, uh, Aiden, for every single guy in this room. He's got an end goal, an end game that he's shooting for. But guys, again, he doesn't come at you and say, hey, I want you to be destroyed. Hey, I want you to to mess up with a young lady. Hey, I want you to uh, get high on drugs and be addicted to it. He doesn't tell you that. He'll never tell you that. What is he going to say? Hey, just go to that party. Hey, just just hang around those friends. And yeah, maybe they do it, but you don't have to do it. You can just be their friend. And by the way, some some people that aren't thinking the right way as Christians say, well, how are we going to reach them? Hey guys, you know how we're going to reach them? By being different from them, not by being like them. I can't do everything they do and say, then say, hey, you need Jesus in your life. They'll say, why? You live just like I do. Listen, the devil wants you to take this first step. Can he get you to just a budge, just a little bit? So it's a tactic of the devil. Now we're in 1 Kings 13. The point here is a trend that's deadly, a trend that's deadly. All right, I'm going to summarize a little bit of here, but I need you to listen. This is... Really cool, really important stuff. 
This is when the kingdom of Israel split. Okay? So you have Solomon, right? His son Rehoboam, West preached about him, youth night. That's when it splits. You have Rehoboam and Jeroboam. All right? Rehoboam has uh, um, two tribes. Jeroboam has the ten. Now, this is super important. I'm going to pick up at the end of chapter 12, and then we'll get into 13. I'm not going to read all this, but I'm just going to try to summarize it for you to save some time. Now, guys, when the kingdom split, where did they do their worship? You know where they did their worship? In Jerusalem. That territory was controlled by Rehoboam. So what does Jeroboam think, the other king? He thinks, man, they have these feasts like Passover, like Pentecost, and some of the other ones we talked about, tabernacles and all the other feasts and and religious celebrations that they have. Hey, Ethan, when we have those kind of things, when those times of the of the calendar roll around, where where is everybody going to have to go to worship? Back to Jerusalem. That's controlled by Rehoboam. What does Jeroboam think? He thinks, man, when everybody goes back to Jerusalem and worships, they're going to give their loyalty back to him. So you know what he says? I got to do something about this. This is, again, I'm going to summarize, not read most of this, but this is chapter 12, verse 28. Uh, Jeroboam comes up with this plan. The king took counsel, made two calves of gold. Uh, Guys, where else in the Bible do we have uh, golden calves? Bottom of the hill when Moses was up with the Ten Commandments. Yeah, Ten Commandments busted. Were you around? No, no, I'm just kidding. That was in this class that Kevin busted them. All right, that's a different story. But yeah, that's the exact time. You remember, he goes up to the mountain. He's meeting with God, Moses. And while he's gone, Aaron and the people lose their minds. Yeah. They're dancing. They're, they're partying. They're going crazy. And they come back. Uh, Moses comes back down, doesn't know what's going on. And guys, Aaron had formed a golden calf, like a cow made out of gold and the people were bowing down and worshiping saying this is the god that brought us out of egypt moses said you gotta be kidding me boom what are we doing guys that's the other time that you have the golden calf incident now jeroboam says you know what it worked back then again 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 when the devil sees something will work guys he's gonna come at you again with it by the way, this is not in the message, but by the way, if he comes at you with pride and it works, you better watch out for it to come again. Yeah. If he comes at you with lust and he sees when the girl walks by that you're looking at her, he's going to come at it again. Right. Listen, the devil has no mercy, guys. He's not going to play light on you and, and, and hang back and say, no, Wes has had a tough day. He don't care if you've had a tough day. If you're weak in a certain area and if you give in to that area, guys, he's going to keep pushing it harder and harder. That's why we've got to take our Christian lives seriously and fight back the trend that's deadly. So Jeroboam makes these two golden calves and he has the people worship them. He, he set up one in Bethel, which at that time was called the house of uh, yeah, the house of God. How about that? Uh, idol in the house of God. Mm. And then the other in Dan, which is at the bottom of Israel. And the people worship, they, they sinned against all this stuff. So what do you think God did? God riled up a prophet to go preach to this man and to call him out. That's what happens in verse or chapter 13. It doesn't give us the name of this uh, prophet. It just calls him a man of God. By the way, that's a good title to have. All right. So this prophet shows up, the man of God, and he shows up to Jeroboam. Guys, he does not pull any punches. He is not a sissy. He's not going to you know, do what Jeroboam likes and try to pump him up and give him his best life now. He throws down hard when he preaches to this guy. He calls uh, out to Jeroboam and he 
talks about this altar would be destroyed, that the priest's bones would be burnt on it. He actually prophesies of a guy named uh, Josiah that wasn't even born for 300 years later and says that Josiah is going to have a great part in destroying this altar. There's no book like the Bible, guys. It comes from God. No man could have made this up on his own. But guys, he says this. And he says that your altar is going to be broken and that ultimately it's going to be destroyed and the priest's bones are going to be burnt on it under Josiah. Hey guys, what do you think the king does when all this is happening and he's preaching hard and things are falling apart on him? Do you think the king just stands over there and says, oh, well, there's nothing we can do. He's the man of God. I mean, he didn't like it too much, right? Would we agree that's very likely? You know what he does, guys? This is verse number four. He is pointing to his guards, basically saying, go get him, arrest him. And as he points him out, his hand turns to leprosy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think he was a little scared at that point? He's like, get him. <sighs> you know, that's probably what's going on with this guy. And then what does he do? His opinion, it's amazing, Kevin. When that happened to his, to his arm, his opinion dramatically changes of the man of God. Yeah. Right after that, he says, oh, man of God, would you pray for me that my hand will become normal again? You were trying to kill me two seconds ago. All right? You hated me. You wanted to arrest me. And now you say, pray for me? The man of God's a nice guy. He does pray for him. And the king's hand is restored back how it was before. You say, okay. All right. Now let's start reading. Verse number seven. So that's what's happened to this point. And the king said unto the man of God, come home with me. Refresh thyself and I will give thee a reward. Man of God said unto the king, if thou would give me half thine house... I will not go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. Why? For so it was charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat no bread, nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way, returned, not by the way that he came to Bethel. All right, guys, we just read, what, four verses there? What happened? Right after all that event happens with the king, he points him out, leprosy, he prays for him, the leprosy is gone. Then the king says, Hey, brother. Why don't you come home with me? You can chill. Hey, we've got some some nice food there, some nice drink. You can refresh yourself. You've been preaching hard. I understand sweating. Come on, man. Just relax. Uh, Why don't you come home with me? I'll leave it to you guys. What was the man of God's response to him? No way, man. Why? Okay. Moreover, very clearly, verse number nine, guys, God told him not to do it. He said, listen. You preach, you tell him what I told you to say, and then you get out of there. He says, don't stop in any house, don't stay with anybody, and especially don't eat bread and don't drink any water there. You get out of there. You 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 preach, you drop the word on them, and you get out of there. Hit and run. Get out of there. Get out of there and get back where you belong. Get home. Okay? So that's what he does. And dude, he is strong, right? He's bold. He didn't say, no, king, I don't have time right now. What does he say, guys? What does he say in verse number eight? He said, king, if you were to give me half of your house, he's not talking about cut his his house in half, guys. He's talking about everything that the king owns. I'm sure the king owned a lot. I mean, for goodness sake, he set up two golden, golden, golden calves. Some of us would be like, come on, Wes, help me. You know, let's get this calf home. We can melt this thing down. We'd be rich, right? He's rich. Guys, he has everything. But this preacher man is, is feeling it. He's saying, dude, if you were to give me half of all the stuff you own, I would not come to your house and I'd not drink your water. You know, that's probably what he's saying to him. 
Dude, he's, he's, he's getting it. He's strong. He's bold, right? And he leaves. He doesn't fall. He doesn't fall to the temptation. God had told him, don't drink water. Don't eat bread. You preach it. Get out of there. Okay? Nice. Let's skip to verse number 14. In the meanwhile, what happens is he's on his way. And he stops somewhere. Kevin, he's been on a long journey. Again, he's been preaching hard. It says he stops under a tree and he's just resting there. Get some shade. Get some, get some time to chill. There's an older man that comes to him. He hears about what happened. I'm sure the news was spreading like wildfire there in Israel. They said, did you hear about this man of God? He just showed up to the king in his face, called him out. The king tried to arrest him, the leprosy, blah, blah, blah. They tell the whole story. And then he said, come home with me. No way. You can give me half of your stuff. There's no chance. Man, this old man's fired up. I got to meet this guy. I want him to sign my scroll or whatever they did back then. You know, he's saying, I got to go meet this guy. So this older man who happens to be a prophet as well, he goes and he meets the man of God. Guys, this story, you think it's amazing and fascinating so far. We haven't even started yet. It keeps going. So we're in verse number 14 now. Talking about the older man. He went after the man of God, found him sitting under an oak. He said unto him, art thou the man of God that cameth? Came as from Judah, he said, I am. He said, you're the guy, right? Yeah, I'm the guy. And he said unto him, come home with me and eat bread. Hmm. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. King asked him the same thing. He must love this guy. He must like to eat or something. Hey, brother, you want to get a burger? Amen. You know, maybe that's kind of how he is. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, but he says, come home with me and eat bread. All right. What's his response going to be? Verse number 16. And he said, I may not return with thee. Nor go in with thee, this sounds good, neither will I eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place. For so it was said unto me by the word of the Lord, thou shalt not eat bread nor drink water, nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. This guy is like repeating the same thing, right? He's probably got all these standards, Kevin. Hey man, why don't you, why don't you go these places? Well, the Bible says, I don't tell me that Bible, right? That's what they tell us sometimes. He's repeating the same thing. King offers him, come home, man, I got good stuff at home. Nope. Not doing it, God told me not to. This older prophet, hey, come home with me, man. You can tell me about your sermon. You can tell me everything that happened. Come on home with me. We can chill. We can relax. We can watch the game. He said, no, not doing it. God told me. Don't eat bread. Don't drink water. So forth. And he repeats the same thing. Hey, guys, this is where it gets real tricky. This is where it gets real tricky. Verse number 18. The old man is talking now. He said unto him, I am a prophet also as thou art. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thy house, that we may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. What happens? Verse 19. So he went back with him, did eat bread in his house, and drank water. What happened, guys? What happened? He got tricked. He got tricked. Hey, guys. It's amazing. Three offers came to this guy from the king, from an older prophet, and again from the older prophet. The first two guys, he could not have been more strict and more staunch and more uh, just settled in his position. Guys, he says, no way. And if you want to know why, it's because God told me, don't eat bread, don't drink water, get out of here as soon as possible. And that's what I'm going to do. Guys, he's staunch. He's in his position. He's right here. But you know what this tricky old man, old prophet does to him? He says the third time, 
No, 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 no. Hey, 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 hey. I'm just like you. I'm a prophet too. I preach too. And 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 an angel came to me. I was I was somewhere in my house and man, I, I saw a vision and I heard a voice and it said, Find this young prophet. Go get that young prophet. Bring him home. Give that man water. Give that man bread. And this young prophet sitting under the tree like, Really? Huh. That's really weird. It's very strange. I mean, God told me not to, but I mean, I guess, you know, if God told you to come tell me that and to bring me home. Okay, sure. And he fell for it, guys. And in verse 19, it says he went home with that guy. He ate bread and he drank water. He disobeyed. He defied God's commands. Let me tell you the end of the story. So he eats with him, hangs out with him. When he leaves, guys, verse number 24, as soon as he goes out, as soon as he, and when he was gone, a lion met him, by the way. You don't want to get met by a lion in the way, all right? Just word to the wise, all right? When he was gone, a lion met him, by the way, and slew him. And his carcass was cast in the way, and the donkey stood by it, and the lion also stood by the carcass. And behold, men passed by and saw the carcass cast in the way, and the lion standing by the carcass... And they came and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. Guys, do you think God took very seriously the obedience or the disobedience of this young prophet? Yeah. When he disobeyed God, he got tricked. And to be honest, it makes me mad how that old prophet acted. He lied to him. He tricked him. He beguiled him. I hate it. makes me physically angry when I read about this guy. Why would you do that? Yeah. Ugh. But you know who God holds responsible in this story? The young prophet. And guys, as soon as he leaves that house, as soon as he leaves that house, he's going back home now. Guys, a lion meets him, kills him. And you know what I know the crazy thing about it? You say, wait, wait, wait. Well, Tom, that could have been a coincidence. I mean, that's a dangerous part, dangerous animal. I mean, maybe he just went out there and as soon as he did and just so happened, coincidentally, and he's dead, Right. Hey, guys, God makes it very clear that this is the judgment of God falling on this young prophet. You say, why? Because after after the lion kills him, he lets him lay there. What would a lion normally do? Eat him up. There's also a donkey there. That's the the what the young prophet was riding on. Right. That's his transportation. Okay. So get this. The lion kills the young prophet. The young prophet's laying there on the road. The lion sits there and just watches him. You know, the donkey, whom the lion probably also has a, quite a taste for him as well, sits right beside the lion and they just watch it. Wow. <laughs> and verse number 25, it says, when people came by, they saw the carcass of, uh, that means the body, of the young prophet. And they saw the lion sitting there staring at him and the donkey sitting beside the lion sitting there staring at him. You want to talk about a public spectacle. God's saying, you see that? Disobeying me is a big deal. Wow. Wow. All right. It's a tactic of the devil, guys, to use subtlety. Guys, let me finish off. Let me say a couple things here, and then I'll get you out of here. We won't finish quite today. Hey, guys, can I tell you, and I'm not bashing all these people and saying they're all out of hell. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. 
But a lot, a big trend of Christianity nowadays, and I need you to listen and lock in right now, okay? A big trend in Christianity today, guys, is to not be so staunch on things and not to be so strict with things. And, Kevin, there are colleges, there are churches, there are plenty of people that, you know, they say they're Christians, and they probably are, guys. But in the area of separation, holiness... Guys, they completely miss the boat. They're not following any word of God. They're not following the countless instructions of God to say, get away from sin and get away from evil and stay away from it as far as you can. You know what? You know what the trend of Christianity is today? Let's get as close as we can to it. Mm -hmm. Guys, I was driving this week. I was working this week. And, you know, the thought hit me. And I'm not saying all these people are awful and wicked and all that kind of stuff. They Some of them get people saved, and I'm thankful for that. Some of them do teach some of the Bible, and I'm thankful for that. But as far as the evangelicals in the area and the aspect of separating from sin and holiness, guys, they're completely off track. And Kevin, you know what, it, what for the first time this week, connected in my mind and never did before? You know what they say? Just a little won't hurt you. You can do a little bit of it. Hey, guys, there are churches, not this one, thank God, but there are churches that say, you know what, you can drink, just don't do too much. You can drink, just don't get drunk. Hey, hey guys, uh, there are churches and, and, and fake me out preachers that would say, you know, you can listen to a little bit of that wicked music. Just don't go crazy with it, but just a little bit is not a big deal. It's just one. It's just a little. Hey, guys, what connected in my mind this week that I'd never really thought about before is this. When they teach us like that and say that you can just do a little bit of it, doesn't that sound very familiar to something we talked about earlier in the sermon? Mm. Hey, guys, in that aspect, they're doing the work of the devil. Because they're saying, Ethan, you can get close to it. I mean, just don't jump in completely. Just a little is okay. Hey, guys, what is the devil's message? It's subtlety, right? It's just a little won't kill you. Hey, just you can just play with it. You can just get close to it. Hey, hey guys, guys, guys. I mean... The, People that are confused about the Bible say, hey, I mean, you can touch your girlfriend a little bit, but just don't go too far. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, when you start that ball rolling, it's going to continue to roll downhill. Yeah. So I'm saying the trend that's deadly is this, and this story exemplifies it very well. The same kind of thing happens over and over nowadays. Let me finish up with these statements. Guys, what did he say? He said, come home to my house. Hang out with me. And what did the guy say? No, God told me not to. And then what did he say? Hey, bro, I'm just like you. I'm a prophet just like you. Hey, guys, I've heard it said before. When you get around certain people and they don't follow some standards and they have some aspects of their life that are not where they should be. But what do they say? Oh, I'm a Christian, too. They give you a big smile and you think, oh, well, that's weird. Right. You're like, because the Christianity I'm familiar with, we don't do that. Oh, we're Christians too, so it's okay. And guys, what did this young prophet do? He let down his guard. He let down his guard. I mean, Ethan, before he was so strong and so staunch that when the king came at him and said, Hey, come home and and hang out with me. No way! I would never do that. You can give me anything you want. Never. And then this guy says, Hey, I'm just like you, man. I'm a Christian too. And he lets down his guard. And guys, what is it ultimately Focused on to lighten up on God's commands. As I said, guys, I want to make this very clear. A lot of the evangelicals and people that have taken the step back. Listen, when they preach the gospel, I'm for that. And when they preach the Bible, I'm for that. But in this area of biblical separation, which means sin is here and we're as far away from it as we can get. They've completely missed the point. 
They completely missed the boat. Guys, we shouldn't act like the world and talk like the world and get as close to the world as we can and be basically the same thing as them, but hopefully we have Jesus inside. That's not what Jesus wants us to be. He wants us to get away from sin as far as possible. But what do they do? They lighten up on his commands. But guys, can I ask you, doesn't that line up to be the same thing as what the devil's telling us to do? Hey, hey guys, if the devil says, just a little won't hurt you. I mean, just one. It's not that big a deal, man. And we have so-called Christians that say, hey, you can do a little bit of it. Hey, hey, it's just one. It's not that big a deal, right? Doesn't that amount to the same thing? Now, guys, they're coming at it from different angles. I get that. The devil's trying to destroy you. They're just confused. They're in error. But it boils down to the same thing. Do you agree with me? Do you understand what I'm saying today? Because this is where everything collides in this message and all the thoughts kind of come together. Hey, guys, doesn't that amount to the same thing? I believe it does. What is the devil's goal for me, Ethan? He wants me to give up my stand. So if I can take that one sip of alcohol, the devil got me right where he wants me to be. And if I have so-called Christians that would say, you know, you can drink a little, just don't get drunk. And they're not telling me what the Bible says. The devil's using them on his team saying, yeah, man, keep preaching that. That's a problem, guys. That's a problem. And that's what I want you to learn today. Hey, guys. Measure your Christianity off of what the Bible says. When you go to work in the future, when you go to school, you're going to encounter some people that say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, too. But, guys, they're not living by what the Bible says. And Aiden and, and Uriel and Chris and all you guys, I don't want you to be fooled by that. I don't want you to be like the young prophet say, oh, you're, you're a Christian, too. Oh, uh, it's a little weird, but OK. Yeah, sure. Hey, guys, we need to judge our Christianity off of this book, off of this book, off of this book. Listen, if you have some friend that he says he's a Christian, but he's lusting all the time, uh, I ain't sure about that. I'm not sure about that. You go by what the Bible says. Oh, man, I'm a Christian, but listen to this junky music. Oh, I'm a Christian, but dude, check this out, man. He's showing you some filthy picture. Hey, guys, you know what the Bible says. Don't let that guy be more important to you than what God says. Based your Christianity off of what the book says, off of what the Bible says, not your friend or who you hang around. They lighten up on God's commands and it lines up to be the same thing. Hey, guys, let me ask you this. Have you bought into the lie? Have you bought into that lie? Let me finish by saying this. Galatians chapter one, verses eight, and nine says this. Paul says, though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than that which you have heard. Let him be accursed. Hey, guys, what did this old prophet say to the young prophet? Oh, an angel told me. Hey, guys. Maybe next week we'll talk about some of that charismatic stuff and people talking about visions and voices and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not so focused on them today. I'm just talking about when people diminish what God clearly says. And listen, you come back next week, we'll talk about what does God say about sin? What should our reaction be? Should it be, Kevin, we can get as close as we want to it, but just don't fall in? Can it be we can drink a little, but just don't get drunk? Can it be we can touch her a little bit, but just don't let it go too far? Is that what God says? No, that's not at all what God says, but I'll prove it to you next week. Don't take my word for it. Find out what the Bible says. Hey, guys, the message today is this. Just a little does hurt you. Don't fall for it this week. When the devil comes and says, Ariel, just just take the first step. Ethan, it's just one song. It's just one little cuss word. What's going to happen? Lightning fall out of heaven. God blow you. Come on, man. Come on. It's just one. Is it really going to do anything? 
Hey guys, just a little does hurt you. Let's bow our head and close our eyes.